Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, beautiful. I sent you your um, ink pad. My God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord God. We lift up the name of Jesus. We simply say thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for all you are. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you, Father God, for your strength. We thank you, Father God, for your grace. We thank you, Father God, for your mercy. No, stay. (laughs) We thank you, Father God, for your love. We thank you, Father God, for your protection. We thank you, Lord God, for your provision. We thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord God. We glorify you. My God, we glorify you. You are such a good, good father. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you, my God. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus, my God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We surrender to you this morning, Lord. We surrender to you this morning, Lord. God, we just thank you. We just lay ourselves on the altar this morning, Lord God. We lift up holy hands, Father God. We set our affection on you, Lord God, this morning. My God, we bind our mind to the mind of Christ and we bind our will to the will of God for you are such a good, good father. You are such a good father, my God. And we don't imagine anything else, Lord God, we thank you. Lord God, we bless you. Lord God, we praise you. Lord God, we magnify you. Lord God, we honor you. 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 We honor you, Lord. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. My God, you're memorable. You're immutable. You are King of Kings and Lord of Lords and the great I am and the Prince of Peace and the Lion of Judah. My God. My God, when I imagine God as being the Lion of Judah, right? And I know there are so many spiritual implications to that. But when I imagine God positioning himself as a lion for my defense, right? I imagine him like at the gates, at the, he is the gatekeeper of my soul. Like I imagine him back and forth asserting himself, right? I imagine his aggressiveness. I imagine how he'll cut up and act up on my behalf just to make sure I'm safe, right? And so that's, I see him so strong and I see him so mighty, yeah, and I see him so big, right? So big, my God. So Lord, I thank you, Lion of Judah. I thank you, Lord God. I'm glad we're a part of his tribe. We're a part of his kingdom, right? That's We're deeply connected in him through Christ Jesus. And that's so big. Good morning, Linda Phillips. That's so big. Like, that's so huge. That's huge. So like when I'm saying and praying the names of God, I'm imagining him being all these things when it tells me he's immutable that he can never change. Like I imagine that he's consistent and constant and he's the same like, right? So I can imagine that, right? In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. You think, thank you for who you are. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord God. I see your prayer request, Missy. We will definitely pray for God's will to be done in your, your daughter's life. Father God, we just thank you. My God, we surrender to you today. We just surrender all to you today. Every care, every concern, every worry, every fear. Lord, you told us to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. See, I'm for those of you who don't know, I am spiritually like gangster. But as a woman, I am such a crybaby. Good morning, Joyce Hall Madison. 
I'm not gonna cry. I'm such a crybaby. Good morning, Joyce Hall, Madison. So I'm spiritually strong, but I am such a baby. I am such, I cry over everything. I cry when babies are born. I cry when people get married. If you're suffering, I'm gonna cry with you. That's just my nature and my makeup as I've learned more about who I am in Christ Jesus. And so good morning, Joyce, and congratulations, Mrs. Madison. Congratulations, Mrs. Madison. All oh, that just made me smile. That was everything for me. I am such a, oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for answering Joyce's heart desire. My God, I thank you, Lord God. We lift you up. We magnify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Joyce, will you drop your cash app? If you guys feel led today, will you sow a seed into Joyce today? Um, she just got married in the middle, uh, middle of... Um, COVID-19, she did not get to have the wedding that she wanted to have. So will you guys just bless our sister today? Can we do that for Joyce? Will y'all do that for her? Will you? She and Tyree are my brother and sister in Christ. I love them so much. Like Tyree is like my big brother for real. Um, will y'all just do me a favor? If you feel led, don't feel obligated. Will y'all bless Joyce today? Will y'all sow a seed? Joyce, drop your cash out, please. And we're going to sow a seed. If you're on, if you're on Instagram and you want to sow a seed in her, just hit the ministry up. And we will. So if you guys will just sow a seed into her today, I will be so honored. Oh, God will be so honored that we love on her. Um, Y'all going to make me cry. Don't make me cry. Right. Don't make me cry. Uh, don't make me cry. Um, this is. Today. <laughs> My God. Today marks the 800th devotional of Coffee and Conversations. And I am just grateful. And honored that God would allow me to serve his people 800 times. <laughs> like I am just grateful and honored that God would allow me to serve his people 800 times that he felt I was worthy enough and though sometimes it's been hard I am so glad I answered the call I am so grateful for you I am I am so grateful for you I'm so grateful that God chose me to. And I'm not going to say it's been easy always. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like it's just been tea and coffee and every day has been easy. It has not been, but God has been so faithful and I trust him <laughs> and I trust him and I trust him. So Thank you guys for allowing me to um, pour into your lives. Thank you for sitting at the table with me. Thank you for sitting at the table with me. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me with your souls. Thank you for trusting me to be in your life. Thank you for every video you have shared. Thank you for every time you tapped into YouTube. Thank you for every time. Like, thank you for every. And by his grace. And by his grace, 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 by his grace. So I just needed to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you to the ministry team. Thank you to my partners. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. 
Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored and I am humbled and I am grateful. And if he allows me, I'll do 800 more. Whatever he says, I'll do 800 more. I um, am grateful. I'm grateful for all of you who listen via podcast. Our podcast is over 20 something thousand listens. My God, like over 20 something thousand listens. Thank you to Jess. Thank you to Kim. Thank you to Shonda. Cause this is not just LM that Jay. Thank you to Tracy Ramonda. Thank you to my prayer team who covers me daily. Thank you to all of you who cover me, like cover me, keep me covered in prayer. That means absolutely everything. I just simply thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. 800. <laughs> Eight, the 800th episode. My God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. My God. And someone said new beginnings. Um, so I know I can't wait till we get to 1000 either. My God. Thank you. So I just speak and declare a blessing over you today. I thank God for your faithfulness to all of my partners. Thank you for partnership. Thank you for, um, hearing the heart of God and sowing into this ministry so that we can serve the people of God. We could not do this without you. We could not do this without you. I was so thinking this morning, like we're going to be able to give out 500 food bags this weekend because of your faithfulness. So I am just so grateful to you guys. Thank you for family. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you not for not giving up. Just thank you. 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 Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are such a sovereign and a good. It is an honor to serve the people of God. When you accept your call into ministry, you are accepting your call into a higher level of service. And a lot of times you're trying to work out yourself while you're trying to give the word to God's people, right? So ministry for me is devotional as well. It's not just me and I pick up my cross and oh, I'm going to preach. Ministry for me is devotional as well. It's my devotional relationship to God. And so often what you get is my devotional relationship to God. This devotional is devotional for me. So at the same time I'm teaching, God is grooming me. Right. At the same time that I'm teaching, God is grooming me as well. Right. And so it's just amazing just to hear, to hear God, to hear his voice and to be in this position um, for God to do all that he's doing through this ministry. And I'm honored. And I'm grateful. <laughs> My God. I'm so grateful. I'm going to write something about just the process. I'm just telling you being a woman, woman in full-time ministry, um, being in the woman in full-time ministry and being single, um, being in a woman and being in full-time ministry and being in a single mom. I just want to share my story. Um, I think we're going to call it guts and glory, right? Experiencing the glory of God while you still feel like sometimes you being punched in your gut. So let's get in the word today. Let's lift up the name of God. God, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you for all you are. We thank you for every opportunity to sit with you. My God, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You are strong and mighty. You are mighty in battle. Father God, I want to lift up um, just, um, the honorable Tracy Steele, I think his wife is on. We, we thank you, father God for his leadership. We thank you for him and all that he stands like as the point of reference to all those in leaders, those that are running races. We cover him right now with the blood of Jesus. We cover his family in the blood of Jesus. We thank you, father God, for a man of character and integrity. And we thank you, father God, that you are paving the way and open up the doors for him so that he can be more effective for his city, state, nation, and world. We set the angels of protection around him that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. We bind his mind to the mind of Christ and we bind his will to the 
will of God. We thank you. Doors are opening to him that no man can shut. And no matter what, my God, your purpose and your call on his life will take precedent and nothing can disrupt that. So we thank you, Father God, for his heart, for his people. Give him strength, give him grace, and give him endurance, and give his wife the same, Lord. We thank you. I know she wouldn't ask for nothing for herself, but I'm telling you to give her the same, Lord God. Comfort them, Lord God. Give them the team that they need. Give them the resources that they need. Lord God, let them trust you. Let them lean not into their own understanding. I thank you, Father God, for godly political leadership. <laughs> being raised up, being in office this next go round so that we can experience the fullness of who you called us to be. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. You know, we need godly leadership. Remember, we talked about that yesterday. We need godly leadership. Um, when, when we see unrighteous legislation, our job as intercessors and the body is to get into position so that we can get godly leadership in office. We need people who have a heart after God in office, right? We need, we need people who will honor God in office. We need people who have a sensitive ear to God in office. That's what we need in office. We need godly leadership. Those who will seek the face of God, those that have a heart for people in general, right? That's what we have to pray. So when we ask God to judge a situation in which there is no godly leadership, then we're asking him for his righteous legislation. And if you didn't, if you don't read the history of the Bible, you will see every time there was unfair legislation or there was unfair politician or there was anybody that was trying to advance against God's people. Anytime that was in place, God always raised up a leader. God always sent a deliverer. God always sent a Moses. God always raised up a godly leader who could hear him and who would lead, right? According to what God said, he always sent a deliverer. He never leaves us without. He never leaves us without. He does not. So even though it may seem like Pharaoh or whoever is prevailing or advancing, God is raising up a leader, I promise you. And so we have to, in the body, seek godly wisdom for what's next. What do we do next? What do we say next? How do we conduct ourselves? And sometimes God may say, just for right now, sit and be quiet. Or he may say advance, or he may say go to war, but no time in the word has there ever been unrighteous legislation or unrighteous government that God didn't raise up a righteous ruler to deal with unrighteous legislation and unrighteous government. And so for those of us that are in the word of God, we take our truth in that, which means anytime we see the world in a different array, we don't, we don't get worried. We don't get overwhelmed. We don't get consumed. That's not what we do. What we turn around and do is we stand in the truth that every time there has seemed to be a season or whatever else that even though it's gotten bad and if God allowed it, cause he allows stuff, right? If God allowed it, there's ha there has to be a reason. And so us in the body, I don't know why I needed to go here, but I did us in the body, this is our time to humble ourselves, our humble ourselves before the Lord, seek his face, repent of our ways, repent for our land, repent of our ways, repent for our land, seek his face. And then we're to pray change and godly leadership to come. We're not to be anxious. We're not to be all over the place mentally and emotionally because that, because if the intercessors get off, and they're not on the wall, then they're not praying the will of God in this earth. It does not matter what we see, right? It doesn't matter how oppressive it looks. It doesn't matter how away. God will give the give us the strategies and the wisdom of what to do next. He will. He'll he'll give us if we slow ourselves down and position ourselves to listen to what God's saying. Because at the end of the day, if God is for us, who can be against us? right? If God is for me, you have to say that to yourself a thousand. If God is for me, who can be against me? If I am the people of God, who can be against me? Right. And so we stand in that. And the only time we can't we, remember, we've been talking about renewing our mind. The only time we can't stand in what's happening around us 
It's because we don't have a sober and a sound mind and because we don't know what the word is said. And so then every time someone drops something that's very emotional, we get pulled into the emotionalism of what's being said and done instead of taking our position and okay, this is historical. This has happened multiple times before. This is, um, this is, um, this is what we need and this is what we need to do. Right. And if we stand right in that, if I stand right in that, if I stay to that, God, God will, God will, God will rise. God is not going to let his people be mistreated. That ain't the God we serve. He's not going to, he's not, he's not, he's not. So Lord, we ask for your will. We ask for your wisdom. And then, then all of us that are on the, I'm just going to say on the outside looking in or getting perception of it. That is when we stand in the place of saying, you know what, God, we've got to begin to seek your wisdom for this at a completely different level. Do not let us be wise in our own eyes. Do not let us, um, be pulled into sin or evil. Let us honor you and you give us the wisdoms, the wisdom and the instruction then, and God will. So I want to chew on a little bit of something this morning before we get out of here. We got about 20 or 30 minutes just to give you some things because we've been in this process and I kind of want to, I want to kind of recap, but add some things to it. Right. Because, and I call today's thing training ground. Like we are on training ground. Most of us did not, um, nobody has really, really properly taught us how to renew our minds, right? We've heard the scripture, Romans 12 and two, do not be conformed to this world, right? But you need to renew your mind. You need to give me. So this morning I was meditating on the scripture about the same mind that's in Christ Jesus is in us, right? And I just started thinking on if the same mind that is in us is in Christ Jesus, then why don't we operate in the mind of Christ? And there has to be something that we're responsible for doing as believers. Like, so if he, if, if he tells us action words, think about verbs, right? I don't know. I'm not an English teacher, but let's think about verbs, right? If he gives us action words as sober up, right? Or if he tells us, um, put on the whole armor, if he tells us, love, right? Love your neighbors. If he gives us action words, then we must have the ability to be able to carry it out. I mean, I'm just saying, I just said something there. We must have the ability to be able to carry it out. If he's given us an action word, remember we were reading first Peter and I told you at the very beginning of the week, the Lord gave us a word and he says, so prepare your mind for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-discipline, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Christ Jesus revealed. So if Peter is writing and saying, and every word is inspired by God, every word is inspired by God. If he's saying, so prepare your minds for action, right? Prepare is prepare. If I'm preparing, I'm in the act of preparing. That's a verb. Verbs are action words. That means I must have way more control over my mind than I've been exercising. Do you know how powerful that is? Do you know how powerful it is that this word is proving to us that we can control our thinking? This word is saying to us, multiple times you can control your thoughts when uh, at the point of conversion right and i always use the water as the point of conversion even though the point of conversion is not necessarily the water is a part of it you need the water you need to go in the water and come out the water but i'm going to use the water because that's the best example at the point of conversion when you dip when you go down in the water i know Tammy, that's what i said too when i at the at the point of conversion when you go down in the water after you accepted Jesus Christ, right? And then you bust up out that water, right? And you come up out that water and you bust up out that water. At that point that you bust up out that water, you have the same mind that's in you that's in Christ Jesus. Everything is brand new. Everything, everything, everything is brand new. Everything is brand new. You got a fresh slate. You got a fresh start. You got a fresh do over. However, for me to walk into this in the fullness of how I need to walk into this, there has to be like a, at the point of conversion, 
I get up out the water and I step out. There has to be a training ground and a building of relationship with God, the father. That is why sometimes I, I, if kids get baptized early, like if kids get baptized at like seven or eight years old, right? So at the point of conversion, when you step out the water, that's when discipleship begins, right? And if kids get baptized too early and they don't really understand what they did and there's nobody there to properly disciple them, then they don't really even understand what they did when they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right? That's why sometimes I think it's too young, right? And I'm not saying, but if they understand, right? If they really understand, then the household or the environment has to be conducive to the discipleship. Oh, this is so much. This is so rich. The household. So the household has to be conducive to discipleship, right? Because parents, we're the first people that disciple our children. Now, if a child gets saved and um, they don't have saved parents, then the church has to be um, intentional in discipling the child, right? And the same for us. The church has to be intentional with discipling us. The body of Christ has to be intentional with discipling us. And the reason that it has to be this be intentional, because the minute that I step out the water, right, that is the moment in which the discipleship has to begin. That is the very moment. That is when training ground begins. That is when someone shows me and disciples me and puts their life on display to show me how to have an inter. Can I show, can I tell you something? The point of this devotional is to bring, bring you to the person, to a personal God. In an impersonal world, in a world that's full of technology, in a world that we communicate our most intimate feelings in text, the point of this devotional is to bring you into a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with God to display to you what it looks like for someone to have a personal relationship with God. That's what true discipleship is that I put my life on display so that you can understand what it's like for you to have a personal relationship with that God with that comes my failures with that comes my mistakes, right? With that comes with that comes all this other stuff, but this is a personal relationship with God. And so when I step up out the water, the minute that I step out of the water, the minute I step up on the step up on the thing that at the moment of conversion, when I step out the next phase to this is proper discipleship. I've got to be properly discipled so that I understand who and what I am. My God, my God, I got to, I got to have my mind renewed into the things of God. Now let's back up. Cause I told you something my uncle mentioned in a sermon the other day. I feel you Holy spirit. I feel the fire of you. I told you something in my sermon that because this is going to help all of you out who've been struggling with sobering your mind. Right? So when I step out, into when I step out into the water and just say we whatever and if you have not been baptized yet I would love to baptize you if you have not been baptized I would love to I would love to baptize you I'll take you I'll take you we can go get in the pool and I'll dip you in the water <laughs> like I would love if you're local I would love to baptize you so what the, the moment we get up like the moment we get up right when I get up when I get up and I step out of the water that is the moment that I need proper discipleship and remember this however many years old however many year, years old you are however many years old you are that is the amount of stuff that has been layered in your mind Jesus that is the amount of that is the amount of stuff that has been layered in your mind. So, so how, how old are you? Calculate your age. So you got 46, 47, 48, 49, 55, 27, 26 layers of thinking. And if I've not been properly discipled into a relationship with God, then some of my thinking could be twisted. Come on, y'all. Some of my, my some of my thinking could be deceptive. Some of my thinking could be wrong. Some of my thinking could be distorted, right? So can I can I give you the word distorted? Distorted means not truly 
or completely representing the facts of reality, misrepresented, false, twisted, deformed, misshapen, right? And so this morning I was thinking as well, I was like, you know how people, you know how people start, start bashing, like bashing the word of God. Religion is set to control you, right? And then I started thinking about all of the instructions of Jesus. Come on, Sandra Towns and 75, glory to God. I started thinking of all of the, the things that got that Jesus taught us in the word of God. Right. And when I started thinking, come on, Alicia, when I started thinking, when I started thinking uh, about all the things that Jesus taught us in the word of God, he never taught us conformity. And people will say, well, religion was put in place to control you. Religion was put in place to control you. But this word of God frees you, right? The word of this word of God frees you. And so if I'm not properly discipled after I step out of the water, after the point of conversion, after I step out, right? If I'm not properly discipled and someone teaches me just religion, if someone teaches me just church, if someone teaches me no compassion, no love, if no one really teaches me how to seek the face of God myself, if no one teaches me how to renew my mind, if no one ever really teaches me that, right, then I really will not conceive well, who Jesus was, who Jesus was. And I'll start bashing something that I do not understand or I will disconnect from something that I do not understand because someone taught me wrong, right? At the moment of conversion, at the moment that I stepped out of the water, right? At the moment that I was supposed to be properly discipled, someone taught me wrong. Someone taught me church. Someone taught me a, a, a church denomination. Someone taught me a particular, nobody really was teaching me kingdom. Nobody was going back saying, this is what Jesus said, right? There is nothing in this Bible that is oppressive. As a matter of fact, the more that I read the Bible, the more that I get locked, unlocked, the more that I understand my divine nature, the more that I understand who I am in the God, there is nothing, there is nothing in this Bible that has been locking there. It has taught me to be kind. It has taught me to love others. It has taught me to accept grace, to receive grace. It has taught me to fall in love with God. It has taught me about how good God is. It has taught me how God will sustain me. It is never one time in this Bible told me to mistreat nobody. As a matter of fact, it said when you it says when you when your enemy what do you suppose when it says it say what are you what are you gonna do to your enemy? You gonna love your enemy, and then that's gonna heap coals on his head. It never told me. It told me. It never told me I had to avenge myself. It, it never. Nothing in this Bible, nothing in this the Word of God has ever been oppressive and taught me anything else but how to love God, how to love myself, so that I can love others. So then. When I'm taking steps, because this is the next thing you need. Come on now, at the point of conversion, at the point of conversion, every step I take, right? At the point that I really received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, at the point that I really received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, hear me, at the point that I really received, I need you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying at the point of you baptized, because it's, I could have been baptized, but not received him as Lord and Savior but not received him as Lord and savior, not surrendered to him. I could have been baptized, but not surrendered to him. And so at the point of conversion, at the point that I step out, every step that I take should be drawing me closer into my relationship with God. And when I take a step forward, every step I take, every time I'm on this devotional, every time that I'm ch at church, this is why the community of believers, when someone says, well, I ain't gotta do it, I'll forsake the assembly. This is why the assembly is necessary, right? Because if I am taking steps and, and unsound doctrine has come in, and things that I'm being taught, things that do not line up with the word of God, then the community of believers is able there to cover me, not to bash me, right? The community of believers is there to lift me up, right? The community of believers is my accountability, right? That's why sometimes when we're doing stuff, we ain't got no business. We don't want no community of believers because we don't want nobody to be accountable to. We hide ourselves from our brothers and sisters and the enemy has taught us that. And so at the moment, at the moment that I step out the water, at the moment that I step out the water, then I have to be properly discipled. I have to be properly taught to renew my mind because God is the source.
right? God is the source, but I have to learn what the divine relationship is. So if God is saying to us, remember, and I gave you some strategies and I'm gonna give you a few more things. If the, if God is saying to us, if this is what God is saying to us, God is saying, I need you to sober up. That was the word he gave us at the beginning of the week. So prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed, right? From that, the God, that's what God said to us. He said, I need you to sober, sober up, right? And so then I'm taking steps to renewing my mind. I'm taking steps to renewing my mind and I have way more control over it than you think you, you have way more control over it than you think you do. So I gave you some steps to renewing your mind. One, I said, stop waiting for an outside miracle to change your mind. You do not need an outside miracle to change your mind and you do not, you don't need something miraculous to happen. As a matter of fact, you may, if your mind is not renewed towards the things of God and you don't understand how miracle signs and wonders work, you won't know a miracle when it's next to you. It, it's not, you won't know, you won't know, he, you won't know a miracle when you, when it's next to you, you won't know what a miracle is. If your God your mind is not renewed in the things of God. And I gave you an example of my own miracle, right? Number two, you got to stop believing. You can't control your thoughts. You can control your thoughts. You can control your thoughts and you need to probably repent from that, right? Oh, my mind is just all over the place. Well, why are you allowing your mind to be all over the place? If you, it is not, what does the Bible say about the mind? I'm going to give you some things on that. My, my, my mind isn't supposed to be all over the place, right? So I can control my thoughts because if not, the word wouldn't tell me that Philippians four and things four and eight says, think about these things. Joshua one and eight says, you shall meditate on it day and night. Psalms one and two says, oh, on his law, he meditates day and night. Three, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So significant. What you feed your mind becomes your mindset. So what are you feeding your mind? Since all of this has been going on, I have been limiting my space on media and the internet. And I feel the freedom to receive what the word is saying about this situation and not people. What are you feeding your mind? Because whatever you're feeding your mind is going to become your mindset, right? So if you have an issue with lust, because we keep it real, we, we have to, if this is your first time, we talk about real meaty stuff on here. If you got an issue with lust and you are continually to feed your mind lust, somebody answer the question, what are, what is your th thoughts going to be about? What's your thoughts going to be about? Somebody answer that question for me. Your thoughts are going to be about what? Your thoughts are going to be about lust. <laughs> if you, if you staggering with lust, if your, your thoughts, your thoughts are going to be more lustful. <laughs> That's what your thoughts are going to be. Your thoughts are going to be more lustful. And so whatever I feed my mind is what is in my mindset, right? That's yeah. Come on, Yahweh. Lust, lust. That's what it's going to be about. It's going to be lust. If, if, if my, if I'm fighting anger and I feed my mind anger, what do you think is going to be in my mind? <laughs> anger. <laughs> if I'm fighting low self-esteem and I feed my mind images and my self-esteem and my bearings aren't good and I feed my mind images of things of that, guess what's going to be in my mind? Anger. <laughs> If I'm experiencing anxiety and fear and I feed my mind anxiety and fear, guess what's going to be in my mind? Ang anxiety and fear. Guess what kind of thoughts I'm going to have? Thoughts that are anxious and fearful, right? I just, Judah has been dealing with some anxiety since we've been going through COVID-19. Well, I realized that he was getting up every morning reading the CNN notifications that was coming on my iPad. And so he was reading about every death. He was reading about every murder. He was coming to me saying, did you know so-and-so killed their spouse? He was reading and you know what it was doing? It was feeding the anxiety. It was feeding anxiety. So I went to the iPad and I took the notifications off. We're not going to get these notifications. We're not going to read things that are making us more, um, more irritated. So whatever you feed your mind is becoming your mindset. So ask yourself, what have I been feeding my mind? Because that's what's in my mindset. And that's why I can't control my thoughts. And I will listen and let other people think 
for me through their thoughts instead of having the the same mind in Christ Jesus. So we're going to stop right there because we have a few more steps on that. But we go, I told you this was kind of a rehearsal. So we're going to stop right there. And then we're going to talk about what it means to have the mind of Christ. And this is where you're going to challenge yourself. Because if he told us to sober up, guess what? I can sober up and I can have the mind of Christ. The only reason that I have not been walking in the mind of Christ is because I didn't think I had any control, <laughs> any control. It's necessary for you to, it's necessary. Some of y'all need to fast stuff out your mind, right? So remember out the water point of conversion, I'm taking steps towards renewing my mind, which also means it doesn't all happen at one time. So for those of you that are so hard on yourself, and beat yourself up continuously, right? And beat, beat yourself up continuously is steps. And sometimes some of y'all taking baby steps and that's okay too. Just keep walking. So how do I have the mind of Christ? How do I have the mind of Christ? First Corinthians two sixteen. for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct them, but we have the mind of Christ. So how do we get the mind of the Lord? This is one of my Bibles. I'm sorry. How do we get... How do we get the mind of the Lord? How do we get the instructions that we need? We get the mind of the Lord and the, uh, the instructions, instructions that we need through the word of God. And as Timothy says, you got to study to show yourself approved. You, you got to study to show, show yourself approved. You've got to make a decision to spend time with God, right? Isaiah 40 and 13 says, who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows his counsel, right? So if we were born at the point of conversion, when we step out the water, we using the point of, we just using the water as the example, right? You can be converted and not be in the water at the point of conversion. When I come out of the water and I step up, I have the mind of Christ, right? And so if I have the mind of Christ, then I get to share in his plan, purpose, and the perspective of Christ. I get to share in his plan, purpose, and the perspective of Christ. And so if my mind is all over the place, that is not the mind of Christ. If my mind is anxious, that is not the mind of Christ. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, right? And people will say, our church folks too timid. No, God didn't give me no spirit of timid. Don't confuse my wisdom with timidity. Don't confuse my willing to wait on God with timidity. Don't, don't confuse my ability to wait and position myself in the face of God and not move until he tells me to move with timidity. Don't, don't confuse my weight, my, my, my anchor in God as timidity. It's not timidity. It's wisdom. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he's going to direct your path. So don't confuse my willing to wait on God, to trust God, to posture myself before God, to position myself in the face of God with timidity. I wasn't born with timidity. When God gave birth to me, I wasn't born being timid. I wasn't born being fearful. I wasn't born being worried. I wasn't born being anxious. That doesn't come from my God. So don't confuse my ability to seek the face of God and to wait on God and to get his instructions as timidity. Don't be confused. That's not timidity because God didn't give me timidity. What he said to me is be of sound mind. What he said was be of good courage and I'm going to give you the land that you're supposed to possess. That's what he took that for. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to serve fear. We're not going to serve worry. We're not going to serve anxiety. We're not going to be confused. We're not going to be overwhelmed. No, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The We're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to serve. So don't confuse my ability to wait on God with timidity. It does not make me to you sitting waiting on a God to save you? Absolutely. Because I know for a doubt, if God is for me, who can be against me? So having the mind of Christ means I understand God's plan in the world. And I can't give you all of this today, but I'm gonna give you some of this. And I understand God's plan in the world to bring glory to itself. Remember, if I'm renewing my mind, I am not bringing glory to myself. That is not the point of what I am here for. I am not here to bring glory to myself. I am here to bring glory to God. I am here so that creation can be restored through me. I am here, right? Jesus provided a salvation. I am here to disciple others. So I am identifying with Christ's purpose to seek and save what 
was lost. I'm coming after the one. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming after the one. I am here to come after the one. One household, one devotional, one one marriage, one child, one person. I'm coming. My job is to come after one. That is why it is so important for you to understand who's around you. Your attitude at work. That do you carry the attitude of Christ at work? You are not on your job just to be on your job. You are on your job to go after the one. <laughs> You are on your job to go after the one. You are a mother to go after the one. The one might be in your house. The one might be in your house. The one might be on the bus. The one might be in the grocery store. The one, the one, the one, the one might be at the gas station. That's why we got to deal with this attitude. The one might be, the one might be in the car, car sitting next to you. We coming after the one. That's the mind of Christ to seek and to save the law. That's that's it. That's, I don't I don't know what all this other stuff that we caught into. And and you'll do it in your arena. You'll do it in music. You'll do it in gardening. You'll do it in medicine. You'll do it in all these things. You'll do it in your ring your arena. But it is for God to get the glory out of you. So let me give you this last last the last few things. Luke nineteen and ten. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Period and save the lost. Um, it means we share Jesus's perspective of humility and obedience, right? Philippians 2, 5 and 8 says, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. You got to empty yourself in the form of a servant. That's the very first thing you are not here. I don't care what nobody's taught you. I don't care how, what you've seen people do. I don't care how you've seen people act in church. Your job is to be here to serve. That's, that's the first thing I need you to read. I am here as a servant. If I am called into medicine, I'm still here as a servant. If I'm called to be a doctor, I'm still here as a servant. If I'm called to be a lawyer, I'm still here as a servant. If I'm called to be a teacher, I'm still here as a servant. If I'm called to be the exercise guru, I'm still here as a servant. I am not here for my own gain. Matthew 9 and 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You will know if you are called here to be a servant by your compassion for those that are around you. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. You will know if you are called to be a servant, you will know if your mind is in the right place by your compassion for those around you. Matthew 9 and 36 said Jesus had compassion over them. Even when they were being foolish, he said, because they were being harassed and helpless. Right. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle in against principalities. So when we see people acting outside their godly self, the problem is they're harassed and helpless. My God, they're harassed and helpless. And then we're we're here to have. So we're here for humility and obedience. We are here for compassion and we are here for prayerful dependence on God. Luke 5 and 16. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. My God, he would draw into desolate places and pray. So in discipleship, somebody got to teach you how to pray. Somebody got to teach you how to pray. Somebody got to position you right it, it, to pray. Somebody got has to help you understand how essential your prayer life is in desolate places, in places that are dry in, in barren places, in places where it looks like there is no God. He didn't stand out and was bold and loud and all these other things. He withdrew and prayed. He withdrew and prayed. He didn't get caught up in all the stuff in media. He withdrew and he began to pray, right? So we're going to lead, we're going to lead up to first Corinthians two sixteen. for who has understood the mind of the Lord. So as to instruct him, we have the mind of Christ. And so our focus today is Lord, show me places. Cause we always ask, show me places in which I'm not walking in humility and obedience. Reveal anything in me that is not humble. Reveal anything in me is not obedience. This is how we pray for our personal selves, right? And then pray and show me, Father God, how to have compassion for everybody. I need compassion for everybody, even those that I do not understand. And then, Lord, teach me how to pray. And when he said, when you don't know how to pray, 
that he'll teach you. So another one of our prayer strategies, I've been giving you prayer strategies for the next couple of days. Here's our third prayer strategies. We are praying for God to bring unity and deep love amongst his believers, right? We are praying for God. Lord, we need you to bring unity and deep love amongst your believers. John 13 and 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have loved and unselfish concern for one another, everyone will know you by my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern for one another. That's how we know whether or not you're a disciple of Christ, humility, obedience, compassion, and prayerful dependence on God. My God, wasn't that good? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Can we thank God for his word? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, for teaching us how to renew our mind in the mind of Christ. We thank you, Father God, that at the point of conversion, my God, we received a new, new. We received a new, new, Lord God. And so we thank you, Father God, and we honor you, Lord God. Now, is there anybody that needs to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? because I would love to be able to introduce you to my Jesus. And if not, we're going to all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned against you and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. Holy Spirit, I'm going to need your help. I promise to love and to follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for loving my and saving my soul. If you prayed that prayer, I want to continue to disciple you. Hit me up, inbox me. We want you to stay connected to this devotional because God is teaching us how to come into the perfect relationship with him. That's what God has been teaching us, how to have an amazing relationship with him. He did. We're going to get out of here. I love you so much. Thank you for celebrating the 800th devotional with me. If you want to know more about the ministry, log on to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. It'll tell you all about us. It'll talk to you about all our MIA ministry in action. We're not missing in action. We're MIA ministry in action. It'll tell you all the things that we are doing in ministry. And then do me one more favor. Will you pray and ask God about partnering with our ministry? Will you pray and say, Lord, is this a ministry that you would like for me to partner with? And if, if God tells you, yep, I want you to partner with this ministry. Will you consider sowing a seed or becoming a monthly partner? And our website tells you all the things that we are doing in ministry. If you need that, or we'll share any information with you that we need. I love you so much, but more than anything, God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And I want you to find your strength in him. Father God, thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you for resetting us. Father, show us places in us that are not compassionate, where we are not in obedience and where we do not walk in humility. Let us be sober minded. We thank you, Father God, that we operate in the same mind of Christ in Jesus name. Amen. Now I need a favor. Do me a favor. I need you to go be loved today. I need someone else to experience the love of God through you. I need someone else to experience what God looks like through you. Go be loved today. Remember, we are coming after the one. (laughs) We're coming. We're coming after the one. I'll see y'all back in the morning, 5 a.m. Love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to Lakeisha M. Johnson dot com today.